Hey y'all, welcome to the Garden Pepper Presents podcast, Women in Business series. Now this started out as a Women in Business week, but I have been so inspired by these women that I decided to make it a full-on series. So we've got some more wonderful women coming along, talking about their adventures in business, recreating their lives, living their lives as they decided. So this is inspiring. Listen up to the whole series and enjoy. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. Today, my guest is Julie and Summer. They both uh, work the or own the Infinity Room in Salem. And the Infinity Room is comedy and music, a combined thing with a vegan menu. Summer does the vegan menu. Julie ran the comedy store. They combined with the space, which did music. And it's become this conglomeration of amazingness that's going to be in the heart of Salem on liberty street so get on out and check out the infinity room they will be opening up for food for the next couple in the next couple weeks so the beginning of november they'll be serving a menu uh for to-go orders and the room will be ready hopefully covid um we can have the after times after covid and we can all go back and watch music and comedy listen up folks Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Garland Pepper Presents podcast. Today, my guests are Julie Shadlow Taylor and Summer Keatley, and I am live, I'm still alive, right here <laughs> at the Infinity Room. And the Infinity Room is a project that's happening in Salem, and it's a merger of these two ladies and several other partners, and uh, it's an amazing thing. Thanks. Welcome. Yes, yeah, so welcome, welcome, ladies. Uh, so this is part of our business, uh, Women in Business series, and uh, both of you have been running businesses for a while. We have, yep. independently, but also simultaneously and together and... And fans yeah, of each tandemly. other. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I know Summer, so I'm going to go ahead and we're going to... I've never done a, a duel uh, interview before, so this is really exciting. Uh, so, Julie, I'm gonna. I know less about you, so tell me a little bit about yourself, Julie. Uh, you know, um, I am not from here. I am a transplant, though I was technically born in California, and I apologize for that every time. Uh, I did grow up in Nebraska and moved out here to uh, live on an iris farm with my mom, and uh, really fell in love with Salem, uh, and even moved back to Salem midway through college and commuted up to Portland instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've uh, kind of hung around. Um, I started volunteering at Capital City um, like three months after I graduated college. And then- Capital then City? The theater, the comedy club that, uh, in the room that we're in right now, where oh, okay. I used to reside. So this used to be a comedy theater. Yes, yes. Uh, we uh, were established in 2010. We used to be in the Reed Opera House and then uh, moved over here in 2013. And Chip Conrad, uh, you may know of him, Heard he's running for mayor right now. Chip's running for mayor. <laughs> that, that's what I heard. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I bought it from him with uh, Jared Richard and Kurt Swanson in 2015. And then uh, I uh, have, you know, utilized my art degrees in various ways, but for the most part switched over to this. And uh, it's been a pretty wild ride. I, I imagine. It's not easy. I mean, uh, no, I, I thought it would be much easier than this, even knowing that it would be really hard. And um, every day, new surprises, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, fulfilling surprises often, and uh, it all does somehow seem worth it. So you're going with your passions. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a while, I don't think that I knew that this was my passion, but there was a reason that I decided to take a money meant for a down payment and uh, quit my job and did this instead. So. Wow. I went all in. Yeah. You went <laughs> bold. You went bold. I did. Yeah. I did have uh, the lovely support system of my mom. Uh, if I did not have my mom, uh, I would not have been able to make that leap. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Robin. Yeah, shout out to Robin Shadlow. Thank Woo! you, Robin. Patron of the arts. Yep. Patron of the arts. <laughs> <laughs> so you went into business with Summer. Yes. So um, we had been talking about uh, collaborating before COVID. We actually signed our partnership agreement before COVID. Yeah, like 10 days before yeah. the shutdowns. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so um, we had already decided that we wanted to be in business together. We're fans of each other's businesses. And um, in this current environment, it is very difficult to have a creative business and be able to pay the bills. And so we talked about collaborating. Um, my husband, Stan, who's one of our partners, he and Julie talked about it to begin with because frankly, I don't have the bandwidth for some of the business things. <laughs> so um, they had a lot of conversations and then brought the rest of the partners into it and it just seemed to be a perfect match. Um, we were all definitely a little bit worried like mm-hmm. you should be as a business owner yeah. when you're making changes. But yeah, we kind of jumped felt, into it. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, But it felt right. And every totally. day that we have collaborated since, I've been so grateful that we decided to do this because we, Julie and I, have so much in common. We have some service background, um, but also decided to start businesses just <laughs> because it was what was necessary for ourselves and for the community. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we put our whole selves into it. And so for Julie and I, it has been amazing to have a partnership we, where we are both putting our whole selves into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have each other's backs. She's done so many dishes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In our first business meeting, she was like, I'll do dishes for six hours if you need to. And I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's already... I've seen a backed up kitchen before. Yeah. Yeah. I know what that means. Yeah. So. Yeah. so we just support each other. Um, and I'm really excited for what we're we're going to be bringing to Salem. Mm-hmm. We're just on the cusp of opening for food. And hopefully we'll be able to open for performances when COVID... I call it the after times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we get to the after times. Yeah, when we get to the after times, then we can entertain y'all. But mm-hmm. in, the, in the meantime... Um, I'm just really excited to be able to work with these folks and, and do what we can do to make life more fun for Salem. So a little bit more about uh, Summer's uh, place where she came from uh, was the space. And the space was music, and Capital City Theater was theater, improv, and comedy. Yep. All and with the comedy leaning. With the comedy leaning. It was leaning more that way over the past few years I think mm-hmm. yeah well we started I mean like it was always supposed to be comedy only it started as an improv club and then uh, gradually uh, stand-up was introduced and then uh, when I took over um, we put a lot more focus on stand-up as well getting more national touring uh, comedians coming through uh, in addition to our thriving local scene but then also uh, trying to create even more improv shows and expand on what they were already doing yeah so yeah, there's been a big expansion. So building a place like that and giving comedians and, and musicians and, and a place like The Space, which 
I'd never got to the Capitol Theater, which I'd always been, I've got to go there sometime, and I never <laughs> got there. So now I get to go there, and it'll be the Infinity Room. Yeah. But I've been to this space a lot of times, because I follow music quite a bit. I'm, and it's not because I'm a musician, and it's not because I know what musicians do. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's because I really <laughs> love live performance. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, there's just something so raw and real about a singer-songwriter who's telling her story, or you know, a full-on band that has kind of worked out some crazy, weird, thrashy sound that works for some reason for me. And I'm like, oh yeah, it, it just, live music. Mm -hmm. Doug, Doug once asked me, he said, what's your favorite kind of music? And I was like, I, I think I got to just say live music. Yeah, because, live music done well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't care what genre it is. Yeah. Even if it's a genre I don't normally like, if it's live, I might like it. I got to the point where I had to see a band live before I could like them. Hmm. because I would like their music on tape and then see them live and be very disappointed. And yeah. so running a venue ended up being Yahtzee. Like, mm -hmm. I get to see what they do. Uh -huh. Touring bands, we had international touring bands, yeah. we had nationally touring bands, and of course our locals, much like the comedy locals, are gold here. Mm -hmm. Our music locals are so gold, which is part of why we started doing this to begin with. Right. Because we were tired of seeing our amazing talent go to Portland and then say they were from Portland. Yeah. They're from Salem. Right, right. And well, so give them a place to be from Salem, in Salem, and bring international touring acts and make Salem a scene. Yeah. That's the whole point. And I think that Julie yeah, does that up. here with the Comedy Club as well. I saw Mike Kaplan here. Come on, Mike Cap. <laughs> Shout out. I got a theory on why capital cities are uh, typically the more boring cities in the <laughs> states per capita. In other words, with as many people that there are here, there should be a lot more venues going on, a lot more mm -hmm. things going on. Mm -hmm. But I think because everybody's working in the same fishbowl, working at the same buildings and knowing everybody, everybody's afraid to be seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having fun. <laughs> You're I, not wrong. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Given the uh, state worker company parties we've done, Ooh, I think but they're those pretty are private. okay. Those That's are private. true. Those are private. Those yep. are private. Yep, yep. <laughs> A lot of weird things happened on the spacement patio, so um, yeah, yeah, I I understand. There's a lot of pinup aggressions at work, that, yeah, and 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 unsaid things because you're in work, and yeah. they get drunk and they're like, ah, you know, I've always thought you were a jerk. <laughs> you know? You're like, I guess in Japan that's the thing you're you're supposed to go out and drink with your jaw with your boss, yeah, and that's and get the aggression. And out. when you're drunk, you get to say everything, and you all laugh about it. And then, and then on Monday, you're like, work. yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. Uh, no. I mean, I would say too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have a problem with that. <laughs> so starting your own business is really. And this has come up uh, on a few shows, and so now I'm just kind of going with it. It's deciding that you're going to do your life, your yeah. your way. Yeah. I think uh, I think that there is actually less of that than you would imagine. Oh sure. But um, but yeah, it. Uh, I didn't start the business. I just took the torch um, about halfway through our life, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it uh, it is like being just accountable to yourself obviously your customers as well like people aren't going to come back if you don't open on time you know like right, you right. can't leave them out in the cold for 40 minutes every mm -hmm. time um because you know i i won't act like we've never opened late 
things happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, it, uh, it it is a different type of independence. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's independence in um, who is your boss. I am. We are. I'm my own boss, but I'm. But we are account accountable to each other. Yeah, we're accountable right. to each other, and that's different than being accountable to uh, a corporation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or um, a higher up, because. Right. I want to do my best so that I will succeed. Mm -hmm. And I also want to do my best so that I don't let down the people that I see every day. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, there's a freedom. I get to decide what I do. I also have to do a lot of things I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of deep cleaning, a mm -hmm. lot of admin, a lot of boring stuff. Right. Like chef life, I talk about that a lot. And chef life is... 15% fire and knives. That's the part that chefs like to do. Right. And the rest of it is largely cleaning up things you don't want to clean up mm -hmm. uh, and doing things you don't want to do, making orders, mm -hmm. making schedules, making recipes, making repeatable procedures. Make, and that's what I've been spending the last month doing. Yeah. So I would rather light things on fire and cut them up and feed them to people. So, um, yeah, it is free. Mm-hmm. I, I am free to decide <laughs> that yeah. I'm going to spend 80% of my life cleaning up stuff so that I can yeah. spend 15% yeah. doing the thing that makes me alive. Um, yeah. And I am very lucky that the thing that makes me alive literally feeds my community. Yeah. Um, people are so excited for us to reopen, and we are so excited to give that to them. Mm -hmm. uh, very and much so. So I'm fortunate that I get to do this. And when I'm doing the 80% I don't want to do, that's what I think about. When I'm mm -hmm. washing every fork, I think about the people who came to my place mm -hmm. and followed my dream and ate some food. Yeah. And I'm grateful. Well, your food is vegan, and it's hard to find that. Like, if, if I go out with friends who are vegan, there's, you know, they're going to pick something weird off the menu that, that right. yes. that's... You know, well, the really vegan doesn't do it for them. Is available everywhere, and that is fries and a side salad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we're trying to do better than that. Mm -hmm. uh, we are the first and only all vegan restaurant in the Mid Willamette Valley. So between Portland and Eugene, there are no all vegan restaurants save what was the space and is now Infinity Room. Uh, I chose to uh, do Diablo. That. Hmm? Devil's uh, Diablo. Uh, oh yeah, just between here and Portland. But that yeah, yeah the yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Portland, the other vegan yeah. restaurant. Yeah, there's plenty yeah. in Portland. There's a yeah. lot of vegan restaurants yeah, up there. Yeah, I've been there. His food sucks. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I I raised vegan kids in this community, uh -huh. um, I, and um, I've been vegan, and I've tried to make this an easier place for people to be vegan in a variety of ways through other businesses, um, just through being community-minded. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I decided that the only way to make a big difference was to do my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am very grateful that the community has decided to step up mm -hmm. since we opened our business four years ago and started serving all vegan food. And now there are a plethora of vegan mm -hmm. options in Salem because they were challenged to do so. Nice. Uh, and so I'm extra excited because when we were on the west side at, on Edgewater a, a hallowed kitchen where many many great chefs had their businesses Used to be most a, notably uh, Steve Morton it was Morton's Bistro yeah Morton's Bistro one of the best 
restaurants in Oregon ever. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to start my business in that kitchen. I feel so fortunate. Uh, also, it's a really small kitchen, and we couldn't do <laughs> half of what we wanted to do. Right. So here, we're doing everything and more nice. that we have ever wanted to do. Yeah. Making all of our own bread, mm -hmm. using 100% European wheat flour, mm -hmm. making all of our own chips, making all of our own pickles, making... I would say 95% of our offerings on the on the menu are from scratch, and they are all original recipes that I created myself. That's wonderful. I've had some of your stuff there, and you make fun food. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the what's the tots thing? What is that called? Uh, tachos. Tachos. Yeah. Nachos with tots. Yeah. Oh Summer knows God. about my love affair with her tachos. Oh yeah. Tachos babe. are <laughs> badass. The tachos will be back. Yeah, they're they're probably one of your top sellers. It's, Definitely it's, the tacho burrito as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know if somebody's serious about eating when they get a tacho burrito with a side of tots, <laughs> <laughs> like respect, just yeah. well, respect. Okay. I'll be running into Napoleon Dynamite. You know, I have something to give well, him. I wish he's from Salem. Yeah, right? he is Eventually, from Salem. Someday. John Heater, come get a tacho burrito. Yeah, get a tacho burrito and do We're a set. We're just down the street from. Salem Does he do Cinema. stand up? Does he do stand up? You know, um, I don't honestly know. I I think he's like into doing film. I think that's his thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't I, seen I much with him lately. He was in BYU. He, BYU that was that. I, such a brilliant film. At Salem Cinema, the old location where mm -hmm. Level B was, another business I was involved in, um, I actually saw Napoleon Dynamite premiere there, and oh. John Heater came and spoke. In oh, he did? Crowd. Yeah. And I got a Vote for Summer t shirt because. In the mm -hmm. movie, her name is Summer Wheatley. Mm -hmm. My name Pretty is close. Summer Keatley. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of Vote for Summer merchandise uh, because eh, everybody's going to vote. You were there. Out. They had it. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you should wear this for years. You'll sell some films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he could come back. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll wear my we'll Vote for Summer t-shirt and uh, make him a tacho burrito. Hit me up, John Here, What's up? Yep, if he's a comic, uh, he knows what he has to do to get on our open mic. Yeah. Just tell us that he's here. That will be all he has to do. Is that, isn't that <laughs> it? I mean, well, if you do open mic, that is it. You just get on the list, right? right. Uh, it's more complicated than that if you're not John Heater, but yes. <laughs> oh, really? Like, he can't be like, I've been thinking about this all my life, and I'm going to do it tonight. And I go in there, and, and Julie's like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you would be amazed at how many times I've had that conversation. It's A through F Somebody tonight. Find, no, no. It's, uh, you have to... You have to sign up in advance online because we are so in demand for our open mic. Yeah, so your are. open mics fill up. Consistently, to the point where I've had to tell hosts, oh my God, you guys, we cannot keep doing 30 comics in one night. It's too much. And so we had to cut it down. Wow. And so we, we, uh, we fill up all the time. Uh, even like the very last open mic we had, like people still wanted to fill that list, even though COVID was on the cusp. Uh -huh. People are desperate to do it, and uh, we have a great, we had and will have a great stage for it because our audience loves coming to the open mic, and that's pretty rare. A lot of times open mics are in bars, right, or have a right. two item uh, minimum and a cover, and right. like all of those things, if it's a good mic. Got buy a plate of corn chip nachos to stay here. And yeah. uh, you That's know, how Harvey's uh, was. Yeah, oh, we, uh, yeah, been to Harvey's. <laughs> For our open mic, we did switch over to having a two-item minimum just because, it you know, if you're only making $300 in a night, like, that doesn't sound like very much right. money to anybody, right? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. so we needed to be able to keep open for the sure. night and keep that going. But, you know, people embraced it, and um, I was much happier to do a two-item minimum that was, you know, it could be two sodas. 
uh, which was, you know, less yeah. than the cover that we used to charge, so. And given your limited bar options at the time, mm-hmm. as a person who's vegan and gluten-free, I definitely felt like there were many options for me for the two-item minimum, and that is not the case in very many places in yeah. this town. You know, so. Well, I think it's because I also deal with a lot of food sensitivities and yeah. allergens, and, and it's something that I'm conscious of as well, and that's yeah. why I've always loved your food so much. Yeah, we're, we're in league. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Loving each we, other's food stuff. If we were closer, we'd be holding hands. Yeah. You would be? <laughs> I'd be, uh, I'd be we'd your, have one little. Yeah, yeah. It's in my bosom and, oh. and stroking her hair and telling her how yeah. much I love her and how beautiful she is. This is wonderful. <laughs> I mean, you can't ask for a better business situation where people are getting along as well. Absolutely. It's, it's lovely. We've both been through other uh, partnerships that were not like this, and I think that makes us very grateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, women work harder than anyone. Yeah. And it's really lovely to be matched in that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like often that, uh, I don't know. I, I, I know that people used to ask my business partner, well, what does Julie do? And he would be like, oh, um, pretty much everything, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, it, like, I don't know why they assumed that it was somebody else doing it, but I was I was glad that he at least had my back on that, that, like, uh, the more than pulling my weight on that. <laughs> it's the patriarchy. It's the patriarchy. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Uh, yeah. Being a woman in business has, uh, you know, I mean, you have to say "woman in business" like you're doing a podcast series on it, right? Because right. It's a thing. Um, I have surprised so many men that I'm the owner, and right, uh, I was right. very young when I bought the place. I was 23. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, had the confidence of a 23 year old. Sure. But you know that. Uh, has changed now, uh-huh. and I'm uh, I'm I'm a little bit more confident when men are like, well, no, I, I actually want to speak to the owner, and I'm like, you can actually call the business line, and you'll get my personal cell phone. I'll wait though. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you really don't want to believe me. We're having a private conversation in the back. Like, I don't know what the right. deal is at this point. Right. So you've you've actually had this happen quite a bit. I mean, youth has a lot to do with it too, I would think. But being female, yeah. along with being youth. Yeah, it was a double whammy for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, like, uh, a, a lot of people, like, having two male partners, uh, this is the first time I've ever had a female partner. I've uh-huh. always had either one or two male partners, and um, we are treated differently for sure. Yeah? Yeah, it, it's pretty obvious. And I am visibly younger than them, but uh-huh. not that much anymore. Sure. You know, I, I look closer to 30 than 20 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that ambiguity of of youth is gone, but, you know me talking to the man in the hallway was uh December I think last year uh-huh. so you know when I was 27 it's right. it's it it's it was st- definitely he it. called me sweetie I know oh, what it was <laughs> yes oh. it's uh, yeah. that happens Chris all the remembers. time that happens all the time I kind of grew up doing that sweetie or honey yeah or I grew honey. up doing that and I it, it to me it's 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 affectionate and it's not like I call I'm people not, babe all the time yeah, I, yeah. I'm shit with names yeah. but I can do that because I'm a woman well, I, I've but done then, it just because I've been in restaurant. I've been in restaurant yeah. business for so long. It's kind of, I so don't know. say y'all. I do say y'all. Yeah. I do say y'all now. I think that would help. There's, yeah, there's like, a uh, way to like, be able to, because I can't remember everybody's name. I remember faces. Uh-huh. I know that I know you. Yeah, there, yeah. there's but also I, a difference between a belligerent customer calling me sweetie and uh, my coworker that I've worked with for two years. Yeah, I don't think I call bit. people sweetie. I do call people hun, though. Yeah, yeah. hun, yeah. babe. I don't call people babe. Yeah, hey, hun. Yeah, I, thanks. Like, I do call them deer too, though. Deer and hun. 
I think yeah. those are the two I do. Those are less offensive to me, but and, uh, it, and it, it depends on the intimacy. But when, yeah, it depends on the but, situation. But, oh, it's only but, people that I have per- connection with. Yeah. But when a performer is coming through, or when a, a maintenance person is coming through, and they call you "hun," yeah, nah, no, yeah, nah, and that happens regularly. That's uh, something that women in business have to deal with constantly. Yeah, is that weird matrix of comfortableness. Mm-hmm that they decide that they can put on us. Mm-hmm. And then we have to decide how we react to that because I I still need my plumbing fixed. Right. Even if he mm-hmm. said Han. Right. Yes. Uh, and so if I react too strongly to that, my plumbing isn't going to get fixed for another however long and sure. my business is hampered. Yeah. So I, I love when be... the uh, HVAC guy asked me for my number after I had repeatedly mentioned my boyfriend because he kept being inappropriate and then still asked for my number at the end of the day. Because clearly he was not listening to me because it had nothing to do with that. And then I saw him at the dog park like a month later with my boyfriend at least. So he could see that I belonged to somebody else, yeah. which is apparently a stipulation for it, yeah, it's the only my, my uh, you know, like I was like, okay, well, I really need my AC to get fixed. So I can't say anything catty until I call his boss later because right. I need my AC to get fixed and I don't want him to just leave. Right. It, is, uh, it is certainly a thing that we will deal with. And, and oftentimes it will be when we are alone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because uh, these men will not speak to us that way when there are other men around, unless they know those other men are okay with that. Uh-huh. And uh, they're more worried about the men, what the men in the room will think, mm-hmm. than how uh, he will be perceived by me. Uh-huh. Yes, for treating in fact, me that way. I have an anecdote. I had had a long day at the space, and I was laying in my kitchen on the floor, stretching mm-hmm. out my back while they loaded out the equipment. A musician from a band said, oh my gosh, insert words about my body here. And then he said, don't tell your husband I said that. Or no, don't tell your, don't tell my girlfriend you said that. Oh. I said that. And <laughs> I said, oh, I will tell my husband that you said that, the man who just ran the sound for his music. Uh. Uh, fast forward six months, they played again. He had no knowledge. He didn't know he, he did it. He didn't remember at all. Yeah. His band members remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they call him out on it, and yeah, I'm sure that guy doesn't. I'm sure uh, the guy at the heating yeah, company it, has no recollection no, of it. He no, probably no. wasn't even talked to. Yeah, no, but this is what women in business deal with on a regular basis. Those people were playing at my at my venue. They were my employees, mm-hmm. uh, in a way, and uh, and they chose to spoke to speak to me in that way, mm. and then forgot it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably too drunk, but still, it's a behavior that's in there. Yeah, right. right? When you're you drunk, know? you're just more yourself. Sometimes, yeah. Until you're not yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, right. yeah. yeah. There, right. there but is that always, line. You're and always accountable. I have, oh yeah, I have it's always you behind that face. Play to that point to drink to completion. Yeah. Thank you, Zach Chapel, for that phrase. And then uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to steal Zach Chapel's uh, jokes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Judgment can be impaired, but uh, yeah. still, so you're responsible for your actions regardless. Yeah. <sighs> wow. That got deep. Yeah, it yeah, did. It did. Yes, it we're, did. We're, we're, we're just uh, being honest about what it's like to be a woman in business. It's yeah. very rewarding. And, and it we, can be very dehumanizing at some points. And, yeah. and we run a venue. Like, it's a very right. different thing than running a boutique. Or, right. And we deal you know, with a lot of different types of people. Yeah. And a, a whole different world. And music and comedy are very male-dominated. Mm. Um, you know, like, the comedy store is the comedy club that people know of that's been owned by a woman. Right. You know? Right. So, um, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Uh, but, she had a uh, monkey jacket, you know. What's that? I'm sorry. She had a jacket made out of monkey skin. Oh, geez. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That Hashtag is quite the anecdote. Not <laughs> vegan. Yeah. yeah. Not vegan. <laughs> Definitely not vegan. That is not well, vegan. What was her name? What's her name? Uh, uh, Miss Shore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Polly's yeah. mom. Yes. It's Polly's mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, there's, there's a lot that goes into being a woman in business. And, uh, you know, I've had male comics just outright sexually harass me and my staff. And then I was like, oh my God, it's because you didn't know I was the owner. And, uh, you know, like yeah. a, a lot of the times that people treat me the way they do, it's before they know that I'm in a position of power because mm-hmm. I dress the same as my staff or sometimes they dress nicer than me. Um, and then, right. you know, like the 80% that has to happen. Yes. The dirty things we have to clean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, uh, I'm the one that cleans up the throw up and the human shit and all of those oh, things. The other That's stuff. not a staff job here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like, you know, until they know who I am, uh, sometimes they treat me very differently and, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they, they feel a kinship to me that they wouldn't have otherwise. And right. so I don't try Jonah. and I don't try and push to them that I'm the owner. I just mm-hmm. want to you know, give them their drinks. I want to check in on them in the green room and mm-hmm. make them feel welcome. But yeah, when, uh, when they get too welcomed like that, or they, they're not feeling the kinship that mm-hmm. I'm trying to feel, uh, it can, it can get kind of ugly and it's unfortunate. One thing about comedy is it is crass by nature. Not always, but yeah, uh, it, I mean, you can find it's definitely there. It's certainly a big part of it. Yes. It's about pushing boundaries. Absolutely. Yes. And sometimes in a crass way. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you, how, you know, how do you like some comics are just going to be that guy? Oh, well, and that's fine. And, um, they can go someplace that doesn't mind if you treat their staff with respect or not. Nice. So, nice. yeah. So respects the bottom line. Yeah. It's right. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The very, yeah. the very it's, bottom. It's, it it, it's the foundation on which we can build anything that we do. Um, and I, uh, I say that because it's uh, the way that we try to run our business with mm-hmm. our staff as well. Like Julie was saying, she cleans up all of the excrement and whatnot. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry that for uh, my, my bleepies I mean, there. I, I can use those words, too. Uh, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same if somebody calls out at the last minute mm-hmm. or is sick or has a family emergency or right. needs to go protest fascism in Portland. Mm-hmm. It is up to the business owners to pull up the slack. We mm-hmm. decided to own this business. So we do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do the shifts nobody wants. Mm-hmm. We clean up the shifts nobody wants. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do that. That's what we do. It's, right. a, it's a labor of love. It and And some of that is also dealing with the human trash that comes through the door, whether mm-hmm. it be a performer that we didn't expect to be trashy or mm-hmm. whether it be a person who was not at their best in that day. Mm-hmm. It is up to us to handle that and to shield our staff from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to the respect for the people that work for us. Mm-hmm. We respect them enough to not treat them like they're trash. They mm-hmm. shouldn't have to deal with excrement, mm-hmm. whether it be physical or uh, embodied in a human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be able to do their work without being traumatized. And uh, I am very surprised that in this community that is rare. Nice. You know, you throw the dice when you pull an audience in, don't you? Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, audience. yeah. And, you know, like, uh, I, I was, uh, have been surprised by audiences sometimes. And sometimes we have people that think that, 
you know, their table of six each paid their $15 cover, just mm -hmm. like everybody else in the room, mm -hmm. uh, and that they are somehow entitled to the show in its entirety mm -hmm. and to uh, enjoying it in whatever way they see fit, not necessarily what is collectively agreed upon as uh, okay. So like hecklers? Uh, yeah, big time hecklers. Or just people that are sitting in their tables having conversations. Forget there's of, a stage up there. Right, like this is a thing. tiny venue. Yeah. I, if I'm at the bar, I can hear every single word that's being heard in the audience, and mm -hmm. so can the mics that are recording it sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, it, uh, it's, it's interesting, uh, but for the most part, People are super respectful and just super excited that things are happening. I would say 95% of our customers have been great. Yeah. You know, like regardless of what their political opinions are or what they're like at home when they're here, mm -hmm. for the most part, it's been a great experience mm -hmm. and I'm happy to have them. So but yeah, but not always. Comedy Club's kind of new to Salem, so people don't know what the decorum is. What is the decorum? It's different than a restaurant. It's different than going to yeah. a, a rock show. Yeah. Well, what I, is the I, basic decorum when you go to a show? I mean, like we, well, first of all, we uh, we have slides on our pre-show slideshow letting people know, but uh, and it's also announced at the beginning of shows, but um, it's basically be there to interact with the show as much as the performer is asking of you. Um, so if that is an improv show, that might be a decent amount. They will ask you for suggestions and then you can respectfully give them suggestions. Yes. Um, and then uh, at a stand-up show, often the rule is don't talk at all. Even if a stand-up comic is asking a question, most of the time it's rhetoric. And, or they want like a general answer from the whole crowd of, yeah. But right. you know, it's only sometimes where they'll actually do crowd work. Most of that died in the 90s where people are just like, you can just talk throughout the whole show. And comedians in the 80s are, are the people that kind of made it so that people don't know how to act at comedy shows always. Yeah. But basically, crowd like, workers. You think you cr think crowd workers gave birth to the well when they were only heckler. doing crowd work and uh, they weren't working on other material and it when it's every comic is doing crowd work yeah. and then kind of abusing the crowd. It makes a lot of people not want to go yeah. and not know how to act while they're there. Leave it to Don. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but now uh, it, it's. Uh, Comedy is functioning in, in a different way. And, um, you know, like depending on the show, we, we always tell you how much interaction is expected of you at the top of the show. Mm -hmm. Because specifically at our venue, we run the gamut. Mm -hmm. There's some where we don't want you to, you know, there's, there's some where we just want you to laugh. Uh -huh. You don't have to say anything, just laugh, and yeah. then you're good. But for the most part, like if it's a small room, no conversations, wait till intermission, wait till the end, or leave the room. It's okay to leave the room. It doesn't actually hurt anybody to leave the room, even though comics will sometimes point it out. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know. What, am I boring you? Right, and, and that sucks. I don't like it when comedians See, that's an do that either. I if I was leaving and he said that, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, but that's a, that's a negative interaction. Yeah. And I would just rather that never happen. And so right. I discourage from comics speaking to the audience in that way. And I don't want audience members speaking to comics that way either, just because I want it to be a positive thing. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the whole point of coming to a show like this. Like, I'm not doing this so anybody feels bad. It's so mm -hmm. that everybody can have a good night and feel good. Mm -hmm. So, so we, we keep talking about respect, and I think that is one of the three legs. Do you guys know the three legs? Yeah. Service, respect, and authenticity. Mm. And so, if you don't have one... Yeah, you don't get to balanced. authenticity if you're not respecting mm -hmm. yourself or others. Yeah. And you don't really build respect for yourself until you start serving outside of yourself. Hmm. And uh, everything you all have been talking about are all three of those things today. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, We're on the right track then. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned service to your team, that you serve them by not requiring them to do the shit. Yeah. That's, we started this. That's heavy service. Yeah. That's, that's servant leadership. And that's, that's a high order. Hmm. And it is not something that corporate America does. Corporate America hires people to do the shit. We mm -hmm. hire people to do the work so mm -hmm. that we can deal with the shit because it's not their job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, that is an ethic I got from working at Borders. I, I worked at the Borders on Lancaster for uh, seven years. I opened that store and the managers, uh, it was a small business that became a big business. Mm -hmm. And so when I worked there in the early 2000s and the late 90s, it was still small business ethics. And that is something I've carried with me. Uh, one of my managers said that they would never schedule somebody without 12 hours between shifts. And having already worked in the service industry for many years, that was revolutionary to me. Mm. They were the HR manager, that was their standard. They, yeah. would, they would come back and do a quilt-in mm -hmm. before they would schedule someone to do that. Mm -hmm. And as I became the person that made the schedule, that is also the ethic that I put on it. Uh, in the same way, if somebody shat in the bathrooms, which they did all of the time, mm -hmm. uh, the manager cleaned it up. Why do people do that? Don't Why don't they shit in the toilet? It's I don't right know. there. There's a toilet. Well, like right some there. people feel like they gotta hover. It's worse. Yeah. It's part no, of the problem. No. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> like, word. 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 <laughs> but I'm talking about on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. We've like, had it on the walls. Purposefully applied, and it wasn't like a, expected for us to do that as the staff. The yeah. managers did it. Hmm. Um, and so that that. Uh, thank you, boarders. Mm -hmm. Tom and Lewis. I would Shout like to out. thank my Capital City Theater uh, uh, audience members for not doing that to me. It was one instance in 2017, and I appreciate every other person that didn't do that to me, and I thank you again. Actually, <laughs> at, at the space, it only happened twice. But one of the times, it was like a special video, like we were uh, screening a documentary, and Stan and I came in just to watch the documentary and ended up cleaning up shit out mm -hmm. of the women's room oh because somebody shat all over the floor on our night off. But did we expect the staff to clean it up? No, mm -hmm. we did not. Mm -hmm. We cleaned that up and we had a very uh, late and weird night. <laughs> uh, but that's what you do when you own a business. That's what owning a business is about. And I'm, I, I'm surprised when people are surprised that that is how we do it, mm -hmm. frankly. So let's, uh, let's get to the infinity room. Uh, we are in it. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about what we got going on and give people a little picture. So they've kind of changed the stage a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Capital City's stage used to be uh, on the side, kind of between the lobby and the green room. And now it's uh, back to the original stage location. We've mm -hmm. just rebuilt it, um, changed the shape of it. Um, now it's uh, back with its... Uh, it, this is where the Gilgamesh shows used to happen, right? Yeah. So uh, in that orientation for yeah, anybody so, that's um, familiar with old uh, the old venue. Parallel with Liberty. Yeah. As opposed to parallel with Ferry. Yeah, so the bar will be behind you rather than to the side. And uh, because of the ways that we changed service over the years, that makes a lot more sense. Whereas it used to make sense to have it turned the other way. But some quick changes made it so that we didn't need that extra stage. Um, I think somebody just wanted some change. That was before I bought the place. The, the new stage was installed and we just didn't remove it. We just kept going with it because it, it was a change that people commented on, um, which is not, not, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but yeah, so now we've, uh, we've got a larger stage. Uh, we've got an entryway from the lobby to the stage directly. 
so that uh, performers that use wheelchairs can get through much more easily, so that bands can bring their gear in uh, right behind there. And uh, we actually have got it set up soon so that uh, there can be stand-up happening with curtains behind them, and then there's still room to bring gear in behind all that. So we can have some pretty seamless combination shows in the future, and I'm very excited by that. That's gonna be awesome. It will be, it's gonna be sweet. Uh, everything about our stage is 10 times better, and um, just I'm, I'm so excited for the way it's elevating in that way, and uh, you know, Capital City never had food, never had liquor, so we're leveling up in that way, and um, you know, uh, I personally never understood the resistance to going to West Salem, but a lot of people are very excited that we're downtown now. Yeah, the bridge uh, is not just a thing in your mind, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We learned. Um, I live in West Salem, so for me, having a business in West Salem was great. I was really happy to be able to put my values into my community very mm -hmm. directly, Yeah. and um, I was really sad to leave that place uh, for that reason. That being said, uh, from a business perspective, this is a way better place for people to access our food. They don't have to worry about the bridge. They don't right. have to worry about right. the politi politicalization of the bridge. They don't mm -hmm. have to worry about the traffic or what's happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, there's still traffic, uh, but... And you it, have all the state workers and SAFE, and there's right. a lot of business down here that yeah, come, there is, go out there to is, lunch. Like, SAFE is a, a block away. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we've and, uh, never been open for lunch before. I know that other restaurants have tried in this spot, um, but the way that it was run, it didn't work. Um, but we're trying something different, and we're, you know, we're bringing over the space that already yeah. has built-in customers. It's not like starting a new restaurant in this tiny little hole in the mm -hmm. wall. Yeah, hashtag coming for your lunch. Yes. Yeah. So uh, what do you anticipate it being open? Uh, so uh, we just turned in our restaurant application yesterday, which sets a, a, a time line of somewhere between one to two weeks before we're open so um it's got a lot of work ahead well we're not going to be working in the showroom the we're show going to be room, doing the lobby only. yeah yeah the showroom will be closed for construction and the mm -hmm. health department is aware of that um the kitchen is done mm -hmm. the lobby is almost done it's when just we one coat of paint yeah so um there are doors at at each end of the showroom mm -hmm. uh so the construction dust will be able to be contained in that area mm -hmm. and the health department has told us that we can operate with the lobby and the kitchen mm -hmm. as they are so uh we're so it'll be like pickup then yeah, yeah. pickup and delivery, pick up and delivery. Um, we'll be doing our own delivery some of the time it will be with an electric car because mm -hmm. that's one that it uh, belongs to my household and and it's important we try to do everything sustainably uh veganism mm -hmm. is sustainable just as a matter of course but we also use compostable to-go things, no plastic, et cetera. And so the electric uh, delivery by ourselves as opposed to a third party is, is just in keeping with our values. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, to-go and delivery until the after times, as mm -hmm. I call it. The after times, um, the they're after coming. Someday, I hope Hopefully. so. I yeah. hope so. Wear your masks, people. Yes, let's all wear, wear masks. our masks. We can yeah. do this. Socially distanced, don't go to parties. It's Halloween, you don't gotta go to a party. You can no. get spooky at your house and send pictures to your friends. That's yeah. what selfies are for. Let's just, you know, let's uh, break the curve. Let's so do we're it. doing, you know, when I was a kid, I always liked uh, the carnivals at like the schools and stuff mm -hmm. better than trick-or-treating. Gotcha. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a lot more fun. Yeah. And, you, and yeah. you end up with not as much candy, but you end up with some, some pretty good candy. Probably. And good yeah. memory. So we're doing that for my granddaughter. Aww. Yeah, she's nine. Having a little carnival. We're having a little carnival. That's very and, cute. And my oldest daughter, or my youngest, my middle, my youngest daughter, I only have two daughters. 
so my uh, she she's 19 and she's an artist and she's just put together just such a nice little setup for Halloween so this is gonna be fun perfect yeah, yeah. Awesome. my do- my youngest is 19 as well and an artist so yeah yeah it's there isn't that lovely it is it is um well yeah just all everybody's talented in my family ex- you know except me maybe oh. yeah, <laughs> you're doing a thing baby it's okay yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> but but david oh my goodness he's a very yeah. talented man yeah he's, yeah. he's pretty special <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah very talented man. well you know silverton you got some rare water out there yeah, well, Dave and I were <laughs> brought up in other water, but hmm. that's definitely where I landed. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think it might be the water. Yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what come it on. is. Come on, come on, come on. We got uh, the, the uh, we got Thomas Woodrick. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, Trask Schulte grew up in that area as Did well. Did he? Yeah, okay. so Paste, yeah, Paste and Super Church. Uh, and then we got uh, Eric Lovery. That's right. And that whole, you know. Dharma bums. Dharma bums. Mm-hmm. I mean, Silverton's not screwing around. They're doing some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's got some amazing people. It's, it's, they volunteer. There's so many volunteers. Yes. Yeah, I grew up in Lebanon, um, and Silverton feels like a sister city to Lebanon. Like, very similar uh, population, very similar, like, acceptance of whatever weirdo. I think small town right. America is that. Like, when you know people, you mm-hmm. accept them. Yeah. And in a small town, you're more likely to know weirdos. Uh-huh. And so you accept them. <laughs> and yeah. and so, like, Lebanon and Silverton, I just feel, are very similar in that way. There's a lot of weird stuff. But you know your neighbor and you love them. Yeah. The thing is, you do know the weird stuff. You're like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> but, you know, they also brought me bread when I had yeah. a kid. And they mowed my lawn when right. I broke my leg. And so, you know, yeah. they're great. I fear that I am the weird neighbor. So. <laughs> I am. I'm super the weird neighbor. And yeah, yeah uh, we have a rock band that practices in the garage, and I just painted my house teal. We are the weird neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Shit Wolf practices in our basement, and uh, yeah. Yep. It. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, I, I'm very lucky that my brand new neighbors that are elderly uh, were just over the moon when they saw all of my stickers for an improv club on the house, and they wanted information about it. And then uh, the the guy Jim that moved in was super excited to show me he was like whipped out his skull and crossbones theater comedy and gravity <laughs> oh nice he was super super stoked to show me that yeah and then he wanted to see if we smoked dope because you know he was feeling out the vibe i guess yeah but, uh, very very thankful that my neighbors accept me so that's your neighbor they're older like they are yeah they just yeah. moved in a few months ago and uh but yeah they're they're probably in their 60s or 70s yeah uh but yeah Anxious. they're yeah, they're they're cool. They're older than my parents, so yeah. My parents. Oh, that's awesome. Younger than my parents. Yeah, that's good. You you yeah, can get I, bad I, neighbors. Yes, you you can. So far, I've had very kind and accepting neighbors, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> I've had a great situation living in Salem so far. Yeah, I find that people who live like way out in the sticks actually have more issues with their neighbors than people who live, you mm. know, right next door. You know, there's people all around, like in a subdivision. In town, you have to, yeah, you have to learn to live with the people. But yeah, our our bedroom windows are eight feet apart, so we better like each other enough. Yeah, Mm -hmm. same. I don't like my neighbors, though. No. Oh, don't say that. Yeah, Yeah, you can. You got that. (laughs) This is broadcasting to every home (laughs) in Salem. Everybody's going to hear it. I've actually had listeners in Sri Lanka. Ooh. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, you, you can see the demographics and such. It's like they're awesome. all over the world. Yeah, the internet. Man. That's very cool. It's amazing. I'm going to use the restroom. Yes, we're going to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we could still keep going. We got okay. Julie here. Um, so what got, were you a theater 
theater kid? Uh, I was uh, actually like really objectively not a theater kid. Mm -hmm. I was an art kid and a metal kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I kept uh, throughout high school and middle school, I was told like, oh, you should go join theater. You should go join theater. That was never my thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had no interest in doing that because I do not enjoy performing. Uh, but I am a visual artist, and uh, I went to the Oregon College of Art and Craft. Oh, and uh, graduated. Is that still from... open? No, unfortunately. I, yeah, I heard it closed. Yeah, the uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why it closed, and I'm very sad for how everything ended. But luckily, the uh, staff and community surrounding OCAC is greater than the board, and mm. things are still happening. You can still take classes from Brian Shannon, and you can still learn things about modernism from you know, uh, your professor that you had because uh, he's doing public speaking. So, I mean, like... It's all it's there still. It's still alive. It's still alive. Just Portland doesn't form. know what it killed. Portland does not know what it killed. So the city killed it? People in Portland not supporting it. Um, uh, in general, uh, the people that used to support that college mm. kind of stopped. Mm. And uh, that has consequences. You know, so, a lot of the arts really relies on wealthy donors. Yeah. And, um, you know, if uh, if you're spending your money on investing in properties instead of doing that, which is what one of the large donors started doing, it, uh, it can make it hard. But uh, if, uh, if, if it had been run a little bit better as well, I think that could have made some difference. They, they invested pretty heavily in 2010 in a drawing and painting building mm -hmm. that ultimately just, you know, tanked them it seemed like. And oh, okay. uh, the board was really trying to get younger and younger people in. Um, and I was one of those people. Oh. I was an 18 year old when I started. And, uh, you know, there was one other girl that was 18 in my entire concentration. Mm -hmm. um, we were the youngest people in our graduating class. And, uh, but then the following year after that was much, much younger. Uh, but like, I, and I'm saying this as somebody that started as 18, I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. um, I did not have enough of myself figured out mm -hmm. and uh most 18 year olds are not making it this incredible conceptual art mm -hmm. at that right out of high school right you don't come out of high school with the type of experience or knowledge to make groundbreaking art for right. the most part too timid uh too timid also just like you just don't know enough right. about the real Uninformed world and, yeah. and uh you know like if i could if i could do my life over again um i, I wish that i could simultaneously do the theater and art school at, in two different parallel universes probably because uh -huh. he couldn't do it both at the same time. But if I could do those both when I was 23, 24, or even now, I would I would do art school fully differently now. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I uh, forget the original question for how we got there, but we're talking about OCAC. But yeah, it's uh, the younger generations of people kind of changed what it was, mm -hmm. and then it was getting it was so much less funding, and then everything got sold over to Catlin Gable. And it's ne it's never going to be the same. Uh, there were. Well, Catelyn Gable had uh, big issues. Yes, and uh, I have uh, lots of feelings about it. And uh, you know, we knew that was the that's the type of organization that it is, and uh, that that sort of thing happens. Yeah. And uh, so I wasn't excited when our school got sold over to them. Ugh. So uh, that was a big sticking point for a lot of us is that we did not want it to go to Catlin Gable. We wanted, some of us wanted PNCA to take it over, but we also really don't agree with the way that PNCA has uh, kind of geared themselves either. Craft was something special that Portland had and they, you know, 
got rid of the Contemporary Craft Museum. Mm -hmm. PNCA did that. So we didn't really trust them to keep what OCAC was alive. And now it's just uh, the buildings are dead, but the community is still very much alive. Yeah, you can well, still go to critiques and things like that. Maybe not with COVID, but yeah, yeah, still very much alive. Arts and crafts will always be alive. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Craft in it, I mean, like craft is uh, maybe a little bit dying, mm -hmm. but hopefully the internet can uh, reinvigorate that some because people are so desperate to use their hands. Yes. I, I have a friend who does timber framing. Talk oh, about awesome. craft. Yeah. Yeah. So we welcome uh, Yo, Summer hello. back. Hi. How are you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bathroom was good, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just been us here, and yeah. Yeah. we respect each other as yeah. we talked about earlier. Yeah. Only my own shit. Only yeah. my own shit. Yeah, <laughs> gotta own it. Gotta own your own hmm. shit. Yeah. Okay, so we were talking about the arts and crafts school yes. uh, while you were gone, and it sounds to me like you went to arts and crafts school but learned business. Uh, I would say that that is pretty true. Uh, they did prepare us well. Uh, we had multiple classes on, you know, making your own website, mm. making your own business cards, how to run an Instagram mm -hmm. channel, or how to run an Instagram page, how to run a Facebook page, mm. how to do targeted ads on Facebook. Yeah. And those are things that, um, you know, it gave me the confidence to try and take this on. Mm. Because uh, just working here as a volunteer, I saw so many places for improvement. And when I figured out he'd kind of let me do it, I was just like, okay, we're going to implement this, we're going to implement this. And then eventually... Um, I just asked him to buy it so mm. that I could implement the things that I wanted to implement without having to ask for permission. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I am really thankful to OCAC for teaching me those things. And I'm really thankful for the, the artists that they brought in and the thinkers that they brought in to teach because that was something special about OCAC. Every single person you learned from was amazing. Yeah. Uh, whether you liked them or not, uh -huh. they were amazing in their own right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I learned how to forage mushrooms at OCAC. Uh -huh. um, I learned how to identify local plants. And uh, that's how I keep myself sane now. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, yesterday I was in the forest looking for chanterelles and porcini mushrooms. And ah. thank you, Kathy Glass, for showing me how to do that. So you know where they live and how, yeah. to, how to find them. Yeah, because, uh, you know, she, uh, we... We did classes. There was like the uh, the study of Northwest plants and ecology, and there mm -hmm. was also uh, the study of shamanism in the Northwest. Mm -hmm. And uh, those were two really interesting science classes to have offered. And mm -hmm. uh, was able to uh, learn about the trees and fungi are so connected to the trees mm -hmm. that that was a pretty easy segue to start learning about the mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And then I also have continuing education of living with an amateur mycologist. So oh, it, okay. uh, it helps. So, okay, cool. Do you yeah. guys uh, making any lion's mane? Because doggone it, I could sure use some of that. You know, uh, we were talking, so my mom owns an iris farm, and that's why we moved out here to, to hybridize irises. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was like, well, you know, we've got this, we've got this area down uh, at the bottom of the property that I can't mm -hmm. grow irises, so maybe we should build some outbuildings and we can start build, making some lion's mane. Talked mm -hmm. about some boar's head, some lion's mane, maybe some reishi, uh -huh. uh, possibly shiitake as well, but there's yeah. you know, there's tons of suppliers for that. But maybe some little enoki mushrooms. If you've never tried enoki mushrooms, those are pretty exciting. I have. Well, I, I found them to be very chewy, kind of hard to, oh, really? to chew. And, and it, maybe like it was little, just the ones the I got. Like the tiny guys or the bigger tiny, ones? The little bitty ones. Okay, were... I like those because they're kind of like noodles, and I try not to eat too many uh, wheat products and things yeah. like that. It doesn't well with my body and so those are a great substitute for me it might have been the ones i got them i got them at an asian market and they were 
you couldn't break them down when you chewed on them. They were like, oh. they'd go down your throat like a string. It was not good. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay, no. that was yeah. that's not my experience with the Noki mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those, those were those were over. Some, yeah, something they're, happened. They're, they're overripe old. or something. Yeah, old. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't pleasant. I was like, what? Yeah, but enoki yeah. mushrooms are pretty exciting. You can basically just grow them in mason jars and cut them off and get a few more flushes. And there's no local, there, there's nobody that's making enoki locally, to my right, knowledge. Right. Right. So, yeah, you can just start them right back over. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like chives. Yeah. Or green onions. <laughs> exactly. Or lettuce. Or but yeah. So uh, or that any, would be yeah. a cool thing for my husband to do, I think. And then yeah. I would eat it. Yeah, Zach, do it. <laughs> yeah. Do it, Zach. Yeah. Do it, Zach. Do it. <laughs> Amateur mycologist, Zach. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, that's a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is Amber. My coach is Zach. Can I help you? I'm a fun guy. Yeah, he would uh, he would cringe so hard at that joke because I make it to him all the time and he hates uh. it. But that that is his uh, that is his CB radio handle. Is fun guy. So okay, so yeah, CB so, you know, radio he, handle. He can own it. He yeah, that's still happening. Yes, uh, you can do CB karaoke. You can put a CB radio in your car, <laughs> and you can just drive around and sing or, on that. Oh, you can, that's hilarious. Uh, do drive-by farts. <clears throat> Ooh, yes, you can also hook up PAs, and you can play fart noises off the top of your RAV4 yeah. uh, to interrupt things that are bad for humanity. Yeah, yeah. You can we, do that to demonstrations yeah. that are bad for other people that yeah, lack yeah. empathy. Yeah, yeah, we've been known to do that. <laughs> we both have RAV4s. We do. Oh. We have, um, have first-generation RAV4s, yes. which is different than other RAV4s. Yes. We're starting a gang. Yeah. You're gonna have a gang? Yeah. A Rav Four gang? Uh Rav Fart. Yeah, Rav Fart. Rav Fart. Yeah. 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 Oh, Where we play fart sounds uh, uh, <laughs> as protests. Yeah. Mobile mobile protests. It's very effective. It is yeah. so good. It's way better than arguing like, with people. Did yeah. they fart? Yep, they fart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just like really obscene diarrhea sounds. Yeah. For three oh, hours. do you have like one of those yeah. apps? Oh, uh, I uh, found uh, it on YouTube. <laughs> I just found a YouTube video of fart noises. <laughs> And then, like, all I had to do was, like, like I I had to be really careful not to, like, make it so my car would short. <laughs> but, you know, I had a converter plugged in a PA, like an old Capital City PA. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that the was the Shitwolf PA. It was the Shitwolf PA. I'm strapped sorry. Strapped to the roof. But, yeah, then I strapped speakers to the roof with my ratchet straps. Yeah. And then you can just have a speaker cord coming through. Yeah. And then you can control the mixer in the back seat while you're parked. And, uh... Yeah, I've I've rolled around town, and when you know when the Black Lives Matter protests were still happening nightly in Salem, I'd roll uh -huh. through and play some music for them. Take my nieces around, and we'd play music that was to encourage the protesters. And yeah, did that a few times. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah. Now using it more to disrupt some negative things that are happening around yeah. town. So. Rap fart. Rap yeah. fart. Fart. Yeah. Ah. I think it's going to get scary after the election. I would say I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I would oh, say just I, I would say just I would say oh, just stay home. I'd say just stay home for a while. Let it let them all get get it out of their system one way or the other. I'm hoping it goes one way, not the other. But everybody's got to get it out of their system before it's safe to go out again because it's going to get weird. Yeah, I, I am worried by how weird it might get. Mm -hmm. Only guillotines. I, I there's no other words I have at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they, today they, it, it's they, kind of a hard day. It's rough to be a woman today. They, they, that woman <clears throat> is on the Supreme Court now. Yeah. yeah and we, that have, woman, we have daughters and that, nieces. That woman took RBG's mm -hmm. seat on the court. Mm -hmm. uh, so the fact that I'm able to talk about my life or the world or my passion in any way is a grace because I, uh, I need an axe and uh, I need lighter fluid mm -hmm. and I need a blowtorch. And uh, when RBG died, 
I said <laughs> I wanted to break things. I was in my kitchen. I was baking bread for the community, soup for my family. Uh, <laughs> and the only things that I could throw in that moment in anger were mm. bread or, you know, important things for our kitchen. Yeah, expensive and, things. Yeah, and I told Julie, I need to break things. And then, I don't know, she apparated or something. And then she was there with an axe and a pallet. And we went out back and chopped the fuck out of that pallet. Uh, scared our neighbors. It was very um, cathartic, though. Yeah, and then I was sore for multiple days. Because yeah, I don't too. normally hack things with a big yeah. fire axe yeah. Yeah, with no. uh, my full strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt it in my butt a lot more than yeah. I thought I would. Right. You're learning things about my body. My core. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I had kitchen muscles. But Those muscles anyway. will wake up when I swing things. <laughs> the point is, I haven't chopped anything up since that woman oh, was so con- you're, confirmed. You're I'm not going to say her angry. name. Yeah, you're pretty angry. Uh, it's, so. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's scary. It is scary. Um, however, Please get an IUD. If you, if you have a uterus, get an IUD. If you have a penis, get a vasectomy, like mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Please. If you care about the people that you're having sex with, do those things. Thank yeah. you. That's my uh, woman in business message for you. <laughs> well, yeah, I <laughs> I have stayed away from that one because, you know, I've gotten to not put too much of my energy at what I see as inevitable. And there's some stupidity that is inevitable out there that I just see is going to happen. Um, well, yeah, like the day RGB died, I was like, this is what's happening. And then last yeah. night it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I do know this, that, that when things seem like they're the worst, sometimes they can, it, it doesn't stay that way. Things can change. And I, I am hoping that we collectively step up and make that change happen. Well, we're going to have to, and we are. Um, Starting with men, please. Men in yeah, general? If, if they- Hey, y'all, we've added a listener support button. It's available on the Anchor app. So if you listen to Apple or Google Podcasts, uh, go ahead and uh, see if you can get into the Anchor app and uh, donate a little money to keep the show going. Uh, It is a monthly donation. I believe you can do as little as a buck or as much as 20 a month. So uh, help support the Garland Pepper Presents podcast and uh, throw a little money this way. Keep it going.